you are beautiful, you are so strong, you're amazing. Like Every day of life is a blank sheet of paper. More happy days in our lives. Small, small changes. You had to just be with life. To really practice mindfulness. I am not my thought. It's not easy, but it's very simple. If you put those two things together, you know, the sky is the limit. Justin Root, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. And I'm excited that you are here. Um, I would love you to start by introducing yourself, but let's make it a little bit more unique and different, not to just say, okay. say like talk about yourself. And let's imagine there is a commercial about you, like a big commercial yeah. about you in the maybe TV, I don't know, wherever you want. And it can be anywhere from like one to five minutes. What would the commercial about you say about Justin Root? About Justin Root. Okay. And it's a one to five minute commercial. Okay. This is a, a fun exercise that I've never quite done before, but um, I mean, should I do it like a dramatic reading? I feel like I need props and illustrations, but I'll just give you the script. Here's the script okay. for the, the Justin Root advertising or uh, advertisements uh justin root is the co-founder of nutritional roots and host of wealth management but it's been a long journey since he got to this point it all started in central florida where he grew up playing sports and living an active life he then went on to the university of florida where he got a degree from the college of journalism and landed his dream job in New Orleans, Louisiana, one of the best cities in the world, working in hospitality PR, taking the best food journalists, food critics around New Orleans and the whole state of Louisiana, showcasing all the incredible food and culture the state has to offer. He loved the job and as his first job, he had no idea of work-life balance, and he threw himself into it passionately, sacrificing his body and his health in the process, eventually eating and drinking his way to 260 pounds, went for a physical in his early 20s, found out he had hypertension, decided he needed a radical lifestyle change, and fortunately met Dr. Todd J. Pesic, who is the founder of Nutritional Roots. He introduced him to the plant-based diet through his book, Eat Yourself Super. And by eating plants, Justin was able to reverse his hypertension, lose his weight, and fall deeply and madly in love with all mm. things to do with plants. And today like, he's bringing okay. his passion plants to you through nutritional roots. Oh, I like it. You cannot tell that you were not unhealthy, but you had like weight problems. Or are you like drinking too much? Because looking at you, you are so handsome and your face is glowing right now and you <laughs> so good. And you're you. having like weight problems. I cannot even imagine now. So tell me more about what kind of challenges did you put yourself into? Other than like, did yeah, you I mean, it was, just, um, yeah, it was uh, probably a lot of different factors that were involved. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, most of it was being in New Orleans. Have you ever been to New Orleans? Yeah, I know you've I been all over the United States. I, I don't yeah, even remember so which states and city I saw because the days and I, I when you live in the van, it's just like a, you live in a different planet. 
<laughs> little bubble. I imagine that. Um, yeah, so New Orleans, though, it's it's got a really rich, amazing culture. Uh, a lot of it evolves around food and drink. So it's not uncommon to have champagne at breakfast when you're eating, especially if you're trying to show off some of the fancy restaurants in New Orleans. Um, so when you're just kind of doing that around the clock and you don't really have a good grip on what a healthy diet is supposed to really even look like, um, and you don't have much balance in your life, uh, things just kind of escalate quickly. And my priority at the time was doing a good job at my job and advancing in my career. And that's all that I really cared about. I didn't really care about my health. But what I realized after about a year is that uh, by not really taking care of my health, I was costing myself professionally because I was getting tired all the time. I was having trouble sleeping. I was having trouble focusing. My body was kind of breaking down and my mind wasn't working the way I needed it to for my job. So that was part of it. Um, and then you're also dealing with, you know, confidence issues and psychological, you know, the mental health aspect of that also starts to impact you in different ways. So it, it was just, it's a lot of factors that kind of put you in that situation. But the biggest one is, is having the wrong priorities, I would say. It's because when you are not feeling well inside and obviously it affects our, our confidence and sleep. That's why I'm, I was curious because we say like I gained weight and I started to have a more healthier lifestyle, but it's not that you will only gain weight. It affects every aspect of, of our life, literally, because how we do anything is how we do everything. So yep. however we treat one part of ourselves or our body or our life, it just like transfers to everything. What was the moment you realized like I need to change something? Was there any big moment or just recollection of small moments? So, you know, you know, things aren't going well when you're getting out of the mirror and like your clothes aren't fitting the right way. And you're like, this, this isn't great. But the big turning point for me when I realized this is a problem was when I went to the doctor and they checked my blood pressure. And it was high. I forgot what the number was, but it was hypertension. It was, uh, they were ready to write me prescriptions. And they checked it three different times with three different size buckles around my arm. So like maybe the buckles is the problem. Um, but that was not the problem. It wasn't going down. I just had high blood pressure and the doctor wanted to put me on medicine. And I asked him, is this something you're supposed to take the rest of your life? Or is this something that's supposed to be temporary? And he said, most people will take it the rest of their life. And I was in my early twenties and I was just thinking, man, I don't want to be dependent on a pill for the rest of my heart from the rest of my life for my heart to function. So that, that was the big turning point where I realized this is no longer like an aesthetic thing. This is no longer an energy thing. This is like, I'm on the path of a life threatening stuff. That's going to shorten my lifespan. And that's not something I'm really looking to do. And I also, I'm an independent person. I don't want to be dependent on a pill the rest of my life and be reliant on the pill to go different places and to think about. So that's when I realized things needed to change. Um, so I knew I needed to get out of New Orleans because there's just so much temptation 24-7, literally, in that city. Um, so we moved to San Diego, and uh, it it didn't help as much as I thought it would because I still hadn't invested in the knowledge. See, I told you I love to read. Uh, and learning about really what goes into living a balanced, healthy lifestyle with a balanced, healthy diet. You said it didn't help. The move didn't help. The move, yeah. I, I hoped that living around the skinny, beautiful people of San Diego and it would just like rub off on me, like that lifestyle, just like through osmosis. I'd be like, I'm going to be like one of them once I get there. And that's yeah. not how it ended up playing out. You cannot transform yourself, yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of work that goes into yeah. it. You said before you mentioned that you didn't even know how a healthy diet or healthy meal looked like. 
what was the process of learning? Or what do you remember your biggest realizations about food? If you have any big moments of like, oh my God, is this how it should be? Do you have or do you remember any? Because I'm pretty sure you must have been, you must have had so much realizations about learning food. While we, oh my God, while you were learning the food, you had a lot of realizations for sure. Because I, I remember I don't learn a lot. I'm more of an intuitive eater. But if I hear some information, I'm like, oh my God, okay. Yeah, so I love food, always have loved food. Grew up in a family where cooking and food was the focal point of a lot of our weekends and what we did. Um, all kinds of food, obsessed with it really as far back as I can remember. Um, and my mom did her best to try and feed us healthy foods based on kind of what the healthy trends were at the time. So in the 90s, like our pantry was full of non-fat everything because fat was dangerous and unhealthy, um, not realizing that they were using a lot of trans fats and sugars to, to manipulate the labels. And she was always trying to service healthy things. Um, but it was always kind of in a context of what like Oprah suggested was healthy. And so I tried to apply some of those things when I was trying to lose weight and I wasn't moving the needle fast enough and I wasn't feeling better fast enough. Um, so I started diving into the research. Uh, Todd Pesek's book, Eat Yourself Super, introduced me to the plant-based diet. At the time, I was totally against that because, I, like I said, I love all kinds of food. So the idea of just eating fruits and vegetables uh, seemed like such a limitation that I didn't even really consider it as a possibility. But after trying all sorts of other things, I was kind of desperate and I gave it a go. And then what I realized is that where a lot of the flavors, the textures, all the qualities about food that I love, most of those are coming more from the plants than the animal products in the plate. And a lot of what I do love about the creaminess, the fast, the stuff like that. You can replicate those from plant sources as well. So you really, it's not that big of a compromise to prioritize plants over animal products and proteins. So um, that was a big turning point for me. But along the way, I've taken a lot of classes. I've gotten certified in plant-based nutrition, certified in exercise nutrition. Then once I started to learn the basics of macro and micronutrients, I started to wonder, you know, I'm at the grocery store. What's really the difference between this organic potato and this non-organic potato? And that sent me on a quest to learn about agriculture. And in the process, I got obsessed with farming and got certified in permaculture design, which is a form of really sustainable, regenerative, organic uh, agriculture. Um, and then there's also the medicinal quality of too. I got certified in plant-based medicine in the process. So I've taken a lot of classes. I've read uh, probably over hundred books, I guess at this point, I mean, it's been 10 years. I read all the time. Um, so it's just been a long process of educating myself. And, you know, if I looking back now, I wish I had just known that it's really prioritizing plants and just eating less. And if you really want to lose weight, you're going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be times when you're managing your hunger because you're operating in a caloric deficit. So just be patient with that and just don't sweat it too much. A lot of these diets, they're like, never be hungry, lose 10 pounds in 10 days. And that's not really a, a sustainable way to do things. So um, it's been a long, long, awesome journey. So you don't plant, how, what is different between plant-based diet and vegan diet? Yeah, so vegan is, uh, is a good question. Vegan is generally more of a, an ethical choice. And that's great. That's one of the perks of being plant-based, but that's not really the priority. So in veganism, potato chips, Oreos, those types of things are technically vegan, uh, but they're not something that I'm going to recommend or something I'm going to really incorporate into my routine daily diet because uh, it's not a whole food 
plant-based mm. product, right? So mm. like impossible burgers, beyond meat, all these fake meats, those are vegan. I'm not going to eat that stuff. Cause that's not a whole food plant-based food to me. So that's kind of, it's more of like saving animals and sustainability, which I think is a great added value to a whole food plant-based diet. But my priority is really giving my body the best nutrients it needs to live and breathe and perform. So plant-based is basically whatever the earth is giving us. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Absolutely. Like if it's, if it's growing and you can grow it, then eat it. Um, you mentioned that you are reading a lot about a lot of research, a lot of books. What I have observed is, and this is not the exact example, but hypothetically, some researchers might say egg is good for you because for all these reasons, and others might say, say that egg is not good for you. And they have valid reasons. But what I have observed is I have to, what works for me is to be like researcher of my own body and just eat something and see how it feels, how my body enjoys it. And that's why I enjoy intuitive eating. So why should, Absolutely. do you think like listening to the, to the research is good? Um, and is it easier or better for us to just eat intuitively or is it just not everyone has the ability to listen to their bodies? Yeah, so I think uh, it's a little bit of a combination of those two things. I think intuitive eating is, is critical and that is a big part of my approach too. Okay. Before, when people ask me about like, you know, what do you eat to, to lose weight and stuff like that? I, before I get to the what, I like to address the how and the why you're eating because those parts, no matter what you're eating, if you're eating too much of it and you're not listening to your body and you're eating too often, you're not going to reach the goals that you're looking to achieve. So you really want to audit how and why you're approaching food and when you're approaching food. There's going to be times like we have Thanksgiving coming up this week in a couple of days here in the United States that people are going to be eating at that table, whether they're hungry or not. And there's a tendency to overeat in that situation. But the cost of doing that to yourself is community, socializing, family, traditions, faith, thing about food is it's multidimensional. There's a lot of different ways to appreciate food. And so in the context of Thanksgiving, it's really a, an excuse to come together and love people in a way to sh share your love. So that's not a place you really need to be thinking about necessarily intuitive. It can help you from overeating in that situation. Uh, but from a daily routine perspective, listening to your body is important to do. But it is uh, something that some people just don't instinctively, it doesn't occur to me. It didn't occur to me that I should be listening to my body. What my brain was saying is if there's something on that plate, I need to clear the plate. Cause that's what you're like told mm. from a little age at dinner, finish your plate, finish your vegetables, finish, mm. finish, finish, finish. So the goal for me wasn't to satiate my body. The goal for me was to finish what was on my plate. And I didn't regulate very well what, how much I put on my plate. I put on my plate what was, if there's three portions and there are three people eating, I ate a third of it. I wasn't listening to my body. So the exercise nutrition class I went through put a big emphasis on the how and why you're eating. And that was a big turning point in my approach. Because there's a lot of times, like I don't eat breakfast. And the reason I don't eat breakfast is because in the morning, I'm just not hungry. But for years and years and years, I ate breakfast because you're told it's the most important meal of the day. And it's like routinely what so many people do within waking up. But once I started listening to my body, I realized I don't even get hungry until 10, 11 a.m. So why am I eating at 7 a.m. as soon as I wake up? Like, what, what was I doing there? So it is a critical aspect to all of this and has been really important to my journey as well. Uh, yes, I like it. I started to do that as well. I don't eat until I 
10, 11, 12 sometimes because before I used to, I always do a workout in the mornings. So I was mm -hmm. eating before a more workout and I used to feel so bad like working out with like, a, even if it was a banana and like, a, you know, like nut butter. So I, what mm -hmm. I do is now I do my meditation, I do my morning routine. And then when I get hungry, I have to put, so I enjoy that you use intuitive eating as well. What is the how? Because we talk about all this stuff and people might be understanding, but they not, cannot apply. How do you know how we overuse words like spirituality, abundance? And if you really ask someone, they might not fully understand the world word. So what is the example of how and why? in approaching our eating habits? Yeah, so it, there's a few things that um, I just completely overlooked growing up until I started to understand intuitive eating. And uh, one of them is, you know, that ritual of like, you grow up and everyone says a blessing before they eat. Part of that is rooted in religion, but there's also a nutritional and health benefit to that, which is it forces you to pause before you're eating and start to smell the food. And so now that you're smelling the food, that's getting the entire digestive system engaged with the aroma. So you can just dive into it. You're not even giving your digestive system a chance to get started. It needs those aromas to start the salivation process to really get things going. So take a second. I'm not necessarily advocating for religion and prayer. I'm just taking a second to like pause before you eat and just kind of take a look at it and let it sink in and let your body get ready to eat and just be grateful that you got delicious food in front of you. I mean, there's no harm in appreciating delicious plate of food. The next thing is once that's in your mouth, chewing it, no matter how delicious it is. And this can seem, this is something that a lot of people, it's intuitive and natural to them. But for me, if it was delicious, I just wanted to keep going for the next bite, keep going for the next, keep going. But so I wasn't a great at chewing. And this is something that my, my whole family, my three brother, two brothers and one of three plus my dad, we eat really fast. And I remember my grandma was around. It used to gross her out. She used to literally slap us with her fork, being like, chew it 30 times. You're going to choke. You're going to hurt yourself. Chew, <laughs> chew, chew. And so I still I try and bring that voice back in my head um, to chew through the food, to enjoy the food, to move it all around your mouth, and then take a bite. And then take a sip of water and just kind of move slowly through the process and move through the process with presence. Like it, 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 something that you understand if you do meditation and yoga and stuff, being present in the moment, recognizing your body, being in tune to all those details. But so often we're moving so fast, especially with, you know, fast food, convenience snacks, all that stuff. It's all about getting food down to you as fast as possible. Part of that is the food companies sell more food. If they can get you to eat faster, you're going to overeat. So they want you to eat fast on the go, on the go. It's really about slowing down, respecting all the processes, respecting the aromas, the tastes, the textures, letting it come into your body, and then just being gentle enough to recognize that I'm getting full. I'm not stuffed yet. I'm not full. I'm getting full. Let me just slow down here and, and see if this is all I need. Maybe I'm, I'm ready because there's a delay between your stomach and your, your brain as to when you're ready to finish eating. So just moving with more presence is really kind of the bottom line with the how. Yes, for sure. I think there is a book called, um, it, it, it's, you know, the Tik Nathan, I don't know how to pronounce his name properly, but he has a book. It's a tiny book about eating mindfully. I think the book is name is Eating Mindfully. And it helped nice. me so much because I started to do one mindful meal a day. 
uh, where it's amazing if you can do all the meals mindful eating mindfully but i don't watch anything i don't listen to anything i just bring my meal i usually it's sunny outside so i find the sunny spot at home and i touch Perfect. the food and i just i like smelling i never like felt the smell and i just eat with presence and i mm -hmm. i'm so happy while i'm because every time you are present we are always happy and like enjoying this food literally changed my relationship with food and chewing is one of the biggest things that we think it's intuitive we think we know we have to chew the food but i remember i i ate one date and with presence i didn't even want more and if, even if you ate like half the cake but you are fully present with the taste of it even tiny bit of chocolate you can enjoy mm -hmm. it so much rather than eating the mm -hmm. whole plate of cake. So that is so true what you just said. And it's even working in my life as well. I'm, I would love to do more mindful meals. Uh, and I hope yeah. I'm going to work on that. Is there um, anything you take other, like with the plants, with the food, any supplements, any vitamins? Is the food enough? Because there is also like different opinions about supplements. Some people say like you don't need supplements. Some people say you need supplements. So I would love to hear about your own opinion. Yeah. So um, I'm going to have a little bit of a bias. I should disclose. Nutritional Roots is a plant-based supplement company. So I land more on the supplementation side. And I use a lot of different supplements for a lot of different reasons. Um I think where the supplement industry goes wrong a lot of times is kind of selling our products as these magic pills and alternatives to doing a lot of the groundwork you need to do. So nutritional roots, we're very food first. We advocate for getting your diet dialed in before you even consider supplements. Yeah, I like that. Uh, but I have, I, I've personally seen supplements benefit my wellness journey in a lot of different ways. And I've seen it in a lot of other people. So Nutritional Roots was started uh, by Dr. Tajay Pesic. He is an herbalist, but he went to medical school and is a practicing medical doctor. And he transitions his patients to a whole food plant-based diet. He's been doing this for almost 15 years now. And when he's looking at their blood panels, he was seeing deficiencies and insufficiencies in their micronutrients, mainly uh, a lot of B vitamins, a lot of iodine, a lot of trace minerals, uh, vitamin D. Uh, and he started recommending supplements to optimize those levels, to keep the body in homeostasis. And so he developed a protocol around the most commonly recommended supplements that he was offering. And we turned that protocol into nutritional roots. So when he started, he had his patients taking like a dozen capsules a day. They were carrying around baggies of capsules. That's no good. But no one had formulated supplements the way he needed them formulated. So we've reduced it into three products. It's four capsules a day that you can take throughout your day. So you're not gobbling down pills all day long. And in doing so, you're covering all of the most common gaps he's going to see. So with supplements, things like vitamin D, which have been recognized a lot in the last couple of years with the pandemic, there's a lot of deficiencies and insufficiencies in vitamin D in a lot of people. And vitamin D is a hormone that plays a role in a lot of gene expressions and a lot of things in your life. And so as we're living more and more inside, people living in colder climates with less exposure to the sun, they're more prone to these vitamin D deficiencies and insufficiencies. So that's when like this time of year when I'm not spending as much time in direct sunlight that I'll incorporate into my diet and routine. Uh, I take a basic multivitamin every day just because as I learn more about agriculture and I learn more about how things are farmed, we've killed the soil in our country. Soil should be this living, thriving ecosystem that's producing all sorts of micronutrients, that's making benefit, like 
really healthy nutrient dense pro, uh, produce. And since we're growing in on farms that are monocrops that are more chemistry sets than thriving ecosystems, uh, the produce has less trace minerals and micronutrients than it used to. It also atmospheric carbon, the more carbon in the atmosphere, the faster plants grow, they produce more glucose, the more glucose they have, the less density of micronutrients they have. That's been studied out Texas A&M. So even if I'm eating a plant-based diet, I'm eating less and less vitamins and minerals per calorie than people who are eating 50, 60 years ago. So for me, having a, a vitamin like ours, which is high in B12, um, it, it's just a nice compliment to my day. So those are kind of like the basic vitamins and minerals. And then I take a probiotic for uh, my microbiome, like beneficial bacteria in my guts. On top of that, though, I really enjoy uh, exercising and weightlifting and strength training. So I also supplement with creatine, um, and some branch chain amino acids and some other little things that we don't carry at nutritional roots, but I've just seen help with all aspects of my life, not only lifting weights and getting stronger and recovering faster, but also with sleep and managing stress and some other surprising ways. So I'm, I'm a huge advocate of supplements, but I do think that, uh, they require probably more research and experimentation than a lot of people are willing mm -hmm. to commit to. What are, how can you choose the right supplements? Because I remember one of the things that was very interesting for me was when I was buying some skincare or creams, it all, like when it says behind like clinically tested or something like that, it doesn't mean that it's approved. It's, yes, it's tested, but like there are these little things that they write on the supplements, on the medicine, on the cream that like we think, oh, it's approved, it's good for us. So what sh should we look for? And how can we choose? Is there any any general like rule or advice you can give or tip? Or is there they should just find the supplement that works best for their own body type and their unique life? Yeah. So ultimately what works best for you is the best supplement for you to take. In terms of quality controls and protecting mm -hmm. yourself against impurities and things like that. Um one of the best seals out there is an NSF certification in the United States. That's kind of the highest standard. We use all NSF certified partners in our process. It is an extremely thorough criteria and certification. I mean, one of our facilities, they change the air conditioning filters five times a day to make sure that there's nothing in the air that could even become an issue contaminating the product. So it's, it's an extremely thorough certification that I was really impressed with just the standards and the thoroughness in which they hold people accountable to those standards. Uh, and that's what we prefer to work with in the industry. We also do do third-party testing and then we share the third-party test results. Um, so we're testing it at the lab, at the facility when it's made, and then we send it to an ISO certified lab. So ISO certification is what's used in the pharmaceutical industry to kind of vet, to make sure your prescription drugs are pure and potent. We go to an ISO certified lab and have them analyze every batch of our product as well to make sure that there's no, uh, there's nothing in there that we don't want in there and everything is in there to the levels we say is in there. So third-party testing, NSO certifications, those are good things to to look for. And then what, what our doctor found was um, whole food nutrients tend to do better than 
the isolated versions of the nutrients. So you can get fermented whole food versions of all your vitamins, and those tend to move the needle better in the blood work that he was analyzing than the isolate versions. So looking for whole food fermented vitamins is another way to get more for your buck. So informative, you know so much. I'm like, I'm trying to catch up every you because you gave me just so much, so much information. I'm like, okay, my brain is like going, like writing down everything. You said, you mentioned that you didn't want it to be dependent on this pill. And okay, there's one thing to have real realization, another to have willpower, and the third thing is habit. And the most ch challenging thing is to change your habit. Um, people will change everything, their values, whatever, but won't change their habits because it is challenging. We are we have those beliefs and habits that will do anything to keep them because like it's like who we are, it's like part of our ego and identity. So how do you personally change your habits? And what was the motivation behind changing? Because what I like to do is to tell people to replace their habits rather than like just removing their habits. So I would love to hear your about your own journey and how you change your own even beliefs and habits about food. Yeah, so I think which you allude to at the uh, at the end there is a big one, which is it's uh, for me it was more helpful to add than to subtract. So even if I had a bad habit that I wanted to break, um, instead of focusing on stopping doing something, adding beneficial things, and just running out of time to get to those bad habits. Mm -hmm. um, and so in adding habits, there's a couple of things that I found helpful, which is starting kind of small and setting the bar pretty low. So I wanted to get to the point where I was working out every single morning before I started my work day, but I had gotten in the habit of waking up at like seven o'clock, seven 30 to get to work at nine. I didn't leave enough time to work out. So instead of trying to wake up at five o'clock in the morning, when for years I was waking up at seven 30, I just rolled the clock back 15 minutes and 15 minutes and 15 minutes. And so mm. it started with just a 15 minute workout, but that was plenty when I 260 pounds uh, that was enough to warm me out and you were how many pounds 260 pounds wow yeah how um, many did you lose so 50 pounds wow so <laughs> so yeah so it, it's starting small and then celebrating those wins so set yourself up for success um it feels good to set out to do something and then do it so the more you kind of reward yourself, even if they're, they're easy goals to achieve, you just start to build momentum, constantly achieving them. And you just start getting in these streaks that you just don't want to disrupt. It's more painful to disrupt the momentum than it is to actually participate in, in doing whatever it is. Yeah. So those, those rituals um, are, are, have been very helpful for kind of changing my diet and changing my lifestyle. And the other, probably the other detail too, is telling other people around you kind of what you're doing. So they expect mm. that of you and kind of are holding you accountable to, to what you're doing. That's Don't one of the best. I remember when I first yeah. decided to like post episodes of this podcast every single day, I was like, okay, I'm going to tell people. Because if yeah, I yeah. tell enough people who I respect, not the people who you don't care about the opinions, like if I respect them, I'm going to keep doing it. And oh my God, I remember when I gave birth, so while I was pregnant, I gained 58 pounds and wow. I was so miserable. I was, for first six months, I was crying every single day 
because I couldn't oh. find any strengths. Well, you know how it, no, maybe you don't tell, do you have kids? I don't have kids. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. Yes. Good. Take your time. <laughs> they are amazing, but still take your time. So I couldn't <laughs> find any strengths. And when I found the strengths, was not because I just became aware, I just hit rock bottom. So sometimes we just change. It's good to change without having any health challenges or hitting the rock bottom, but we usually humans cannot learn the easy way. So I'm hopeful yeah. that if people are listening to us, they are not waiting for them to have like a doctor's appointment like you to, when you were like, okay, I need to sure. change something right now or like hit the rock bottom where I was, I hated my body. I literally hated my body and that's why I started working out at it. For the one year, first year, I was eating same stuff every single day. No sugar, wow. no, like no going out. No, I was baking everything at home and I was meal prepping every single day because I hated my body. That's how much I hated my body. And for that's me, it's intense. like the most important thing is to look in the mirror and like, like myself and enjoy myself and going back to confidence. So people who are listening, like, if you don't feel confident, if you look in the mirror and you like yourself, like confidence will just automatically, not automatically, but you will feel confident. If your habits are something that you admire or you are proud of your habits, you will get confident and you would have the self-trust. So hopeful that whoever is listening to us going to get inspired without any health challenges or hitting the rock bottom. Yeah. What is that one thing that brings you the most joy in what you do? Like which part of it? Is it the research part of it? Is it the, just learning and then applying to seeing the results? Which part brings like the most joy for you? Uh, the most exciting part of all of this is when you recommend something small to somebody and they come back a week later, a month later, and they're like, it's working. What can I do next? Mm -hmm. And then you recommend something else again. They come back. That's working now too. What's coming next? And so you, the biggest joy in all this, and one of the reasons, I mean, I, I, I love to just read. It's just a great way to pass the time uh, and invest in myself. But then I'm applying what I've learned to myself first and foremost, so I have context for how it all works. And then translating that to help other people, that is by far the most satisfying aspect of all this, is just being able to help other people on their wellness journey. Oh, I like that answer. That's so um, bringing value to others is one of the most like fulfilling things and I, I like that you went there it's inspiring <laughs> that's inspiring. the truth that's what really kind of gets me yes, going. i know uh, i know yeah i can i can tell that it's true because i have not mentioned that like you truly felt like that's the best part of it i really admire that thank you appreciate uh, that how if people are thinking like if they want to um learn more about it or if they want to you to be there, do you coach people? Yeah, I mean, I... Or how I was, are you bringing uh, value? Yeah, so um, a few different ways. So nutritionalroots.com, that's where you can learn all about our supplements. Uh, wealth Management, W-E-L-L-T-H-M-G-M-T.com. Uh, that's a podcast I started within the last month or so. Uh, where I'm kind of exploring a lot of these topics with other experts um, to kind of help educate people. Um, and I, I'm always available to help. My email is justin at nutritionalroots.com. So if anybody has any questions about anything related to food, wellness, health, weight loss, plants, I'm always happy to shoot me an email and see what I can do. Um, I don't, I don't feel like I'm, uh, 
qualified to be coaching many people yet. I feel like I need I feel like I need to master it myself before no, I can. you don't. I'm this still you I'm learn. still a student. Yeah, I'm still you you'll I'm still always a student. be a student. Listen to me. You have to start coaching people because that's you that's where you will learn the most by being hands-on and learning the like real life examples. You don't know anything, you go back, you research and you have the answers. Yeah. You are saying well, that about yourself. You just gave me so much information, and this guy is like, "Oh no, I don't think I'm qualified." How are you I thinking don't... that? Well, I, I'm more more of a in the student phase than the teaching phase. I feel like in 10, 15 years, once I've experienced a lot of what I've learned, I can turn around and start coaching serious? people. But I mean, I guess if you're, I'm qualified to coach people under the age of 30. I can help you through your 20s, but I don't have enough. Like, I can't coach somebody in their 40s. I have no idea what it's like to live in your 40s. So, it's people that's under like, 30. like for me, it's like because you know so much and you like you explain it in a very good way, in a very simple and easy way. So people would appreciate. Plus, you are so handsome. You should coach people. People would, like <laughs> like girls would come to you just because you know how they like yeah. like handsome doctors. Like you will yeah. be amazing. Like you will get viral. Like the handsome um yeah, coach, like wellness coach <laughs> yeah no I, uh no that seems no that, that too much no, that's, it seems like a scary idea yeah that, that idea scares me so i like the idea of sharing what i learned that's why i okay. started the, the podcast idea um okay but like working one-on-one with people yeah if you're under the age of 30 and you need coaching okay. i i'm happy to help i you, like but... to write stories that's why i i even I, I this is my book so like i look at life like stories and I just, yeah. I, I immediately wrote a story about you, how it all would go. That's why I told oh, you. Yeah. Gotcha. I just, yes, I even like my experiences, I look at like from the outside, like it's a movie. And I just uh-huh. detach from my life in a way and look it from outside. And I like to do that. That's just my journey. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was a beautiful story. I, I would have loved to be the main character in that story, but that was like quite a half doctor. fun, half joke, half, half reality. Yeah, yeah exactly. I like that. Okay, this is a question I ask. First of all, before I ask you my last question, is there okay. anything you really wanted? This is very serious. <sighs> I'm joking. Is there anything you really wanted to talk about? And I just didn't get the chance to ask you the question. No, I think I covered everything. That was great to cover, yeah. Amazing. Then this is the question I ask to everyone. Leave me and listeners. It can be two or three sentences, or it can be just simply a word, but okay. something that is on top of your heart, or because I really enjoyed what you just taught me, leave us with one wellness tip, if it's easier for you, or if you prefer either one wellness tip or something, you know, like inspirational and motivational. Inspirational and motivational or well wellness. I mean, this isn't the most articulate thing, but Thanksgiving is coming up and it's one of my favorite holidays, not because it's all about the food and family coming together. Those things are great, but it is a day that is intended to recognize gratitude and prioritize gratitude in your life. And it's a little bit sad that there's 364 days that we don't necessarily take a moment to appreciate everything we have. But I love the idea of reserving the entire day to reflect on all the little things you have. Because there's so many details that go into our world that we don't stop and appreciate. So this Thanksgiving or any meal, your next meal, stop and think about all of the work that went into the food that you're about to eat. 
because it went on a long journey from a little tiny seed to growing and becoming its own little food. And then it had to magically transport itself all the way to your kitchen or a kitchen and then be transformed into something you find delicious and then land on your plate has a long way for food to go. And 150, 200 years ago, it didn't go that far to get to where you are. So just appreciate every little detail that you can imagine about the next thing you eat. So that's my inspiration and my recommendation. I love at the same that. Time. I just I merged that. the two. <laughs> the people it took, like the guys who draw all this food, like there are so many people and so much energy and time that goes into just like eating your bread. Like for you to have that, oh my God, you just let, I'm, I'm just went down deep into, that, yeah. was, that was really good. That was an amazing advice. And just in yes, gratitude and enjoying their food and forgive themselves because so many people cannot forgive themselves what they're eating something. And what I like to tell myself is like, just suck it up. You ate it and now you just take responsibility for it. Um, sure. I, don't, I don't have a lot of moments like that, but I have periods in my life where I'm emotional eating. Maybe I'm eating like dates and apples, but still it's emotional eating. And sure. I'm, I just don't feel well. So it's just like take responsibility and let let like enjoy that food. Enjoy while yep. you're eating and enjoy after you're eating. That is so important. Yeah. Mr. Justin, thank you so much for being part of the show. I really, really enjoyed so our conversation. I could ask you questions all night for me and all day for you. <laughs> because like this is a huge topic and we can never like fully Absolutely. cover it. So I would encourage people to go and listen to your podcast. Can you say the name one more time? Wealth management, W-E-L-L-T-H management. Go and Check listen to out. his podcast. You will learn so much more um, from his episodes. And just thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. This was a great time. And thank you listeners for listening. And until next time.